0: Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the popular Korean saying, "If you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole." I'm your host, Youngmi Mare. Each week, I discuss a sad. Topic or story, and then I try to laugh about it, making hair grow out of my butthole. So here's the thing I was lying in bed. It's 2 p.m., and I was lying in bed as one does. And I read a comment from somebody suggesting a topic, and I got so excited that I just jumped out of bed and I'm recording right now. As you know, you can suggest topics on Instagram for free in the comment section. Uh, the the Instagram is Harry Butthole podcast, but if you subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Harry Butthole, I will get to the Patreon topics first because obviously it's a subscription and the person's paying. But I'm going to be real honest with you. Nobody ever <laughs> nobody ever suggests anything on the Patreon. So if you want to listen to me talk about something, you can leave a comment like this person did, and I'm just going to read to you the comment to introduce the topic. It's such a good topic. I've, I have don't think I've really talked about it at length on this podcast, at least. And the person's handle, I'm not going to read it just in case they don't want me to, but its you can see it. It's on there. It says, slowly catching up on the episodes and had a thought. You've talked a bit about being queer, but also based on your stories, it seems like you used to exclusively date men. Would love to hear about the queer self-discovery process, especially if it's from the lens of happening later in life. And yes, you're absolutely correct, it happened later in life, and I want to talk about the journey that I took to activate my queerness, because it wasn't discovering it, I kind of already knew, you know, for a while, but I didn't activate it until after my divorce in 2018 when I was 33. Um, before that I had slept with other people that were not straight cisgendered men, but I was never in a relationship until after my divorce. Um, you know, I, I had never really sat with that part of my identity and and said it out loud, kind of, right? And before I talk about what what that looked like for me to go through that later in life, I want to touch on the fact that the reasons why i don't talk about it a lot and it's because there's many reasons the first one i think there's definitely some a lot of internalized homophobia that is you know not something i want to admit but it's very it's very very there and it makes me feel really gross admitting that but it's definitely there and i think you know i have to talk about it or else it's not going to go away um but another reason i think of the funnier reason is because it's like a comedic trope now that there's the fucking bisexual girl that's only that only dates like straight cisgendered men lives in brooklyn usually white i'm sorry white woman you know like that's that's such a trope now that I was like, damn it, I don't want, I don't, what, why am I that, you know? Um, Also, I think there is a little bit of damage with that person specifically being centered in the queer community because, or get that person having a lot of attention or that person being me, right? This is a queer woman, cisgendered woman that usually dates cisgendered straight men. That's me I think there's a big problem with me being centered in this discussion because, you know, in my life, there is all the stuff that's hard about my life. I am the least person in the queer community that gets any sort of harm directed at them because of that my identity as queer. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not. On the forefront. I'm not somebody that's transgender and is clocked by other people. I'm not usually if I'm out with my partner, because they are straight cisgendered men, it's not something that people will know about me until I share it. And I'm not saying that my experience isn't valid. And I, and I haven't, you know, received some sort of I'm going to be honest, I I never received any discrimination based on the fact that I'm queer ever in my life. I don't think I don't, I really do not remember any of it. In my, you know, past relationships when we were out, I just never went through that. So um, unless I'm like blocking something out, I truly can't remember a time where I was personally discriminated against or harmed because of my queerness. Um, Anyway, um, so I feel like in a lot of ways that i feel uneasy centering myself um in this discussion but that having been said i guess the important or the interesting part of it all is that i i am struggling with my own internalized homophobia of this feeling of like not feeling good enough to discuss a big part of my life you know and and why do I feel like that? And I feel like some of it's like, yeah, I don't feel like I've been through enough that I can talk about it. But also maybe there is a big part of me that's like embarrassed or ashamed of saying that. And that's really hard to look at. Honestly, I've never told my parents, you know, I still haven't told my parents. Um, whew. um So I guess those are all the reasons that it's really probably something I don't really talk about a lot. I think, um, in the back of my head, I'm, I'm listening to this voice and I, I know this is going to sound so creepy, but I, I, I'm listening, I'm hearing this voice of somebody telling me that I'm like doing this for attention or, you know what I mean? And that's, I, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm listening to that voice. It's cause it's like, I think I'm assuming for the people I've been in relationships with, you know, that were queer, that probably feels like I'm, what's the word? like uh, Minimizing the impact that they had in my life or like trying to make it disappear or something. Like if I was my ex, one of my exes that is queer, I would be like, Oh, so she's just, just like walking away from this because she has the privilege to, you know, she can act like a straight, cisgendered woman for most of her life, and it's only, you know, only sometimes that she has to dip in with that. Which is true. That is a privilege I do have, right? Because, like, like I said, if I'm in a relationship with a fucking cisgendered straight man, I don't have to disclose to anybody my sexual orientation. I can just be like, gonna live life like this, and. Ooh, that's like I, I feel like that's that's hard because I'm doing it because I'm ashamed that I'm not standing up for the community where I'm not good enough to be included. But I can see how it reads as like I'm being like nobody talk about the fact that I'm queer. I, You know, what are we going to do? I, I got to just be more comfortable with myself, I guess. I'm getting uncomfortable. I feel like I'm a bad person. Whatever. I'm trying. Here I am doing this episode. So, okay. So, the up top, I said that I activated my queerness, not discovered it because I have known all my life and I did have, you know, sexual relationships before I was married. Um, but I, I just like, I just like how I say it activated. Like I found some, uh, the, the old Nintendo console in my closet in the closet get it and i like blew the dust off and like blew in the cartridge like and like put it in like that's my queerness do you remember blowing on the cartridge i was i was like hanging out with somebody that's like my age and they were trying to plug their iphone in but the charger didn't work and they blew into the iphone and i was like yeah that's we are we are old um anyway but I blew on the cartridge. I put it in after I got divorced in 2018. I activated it. The first relationship I was in um, was with somebody that was queer, not, you know, not a straight um, cisgendered man. And I really found such an intense closeness with this person and... Yay. I felt, I don't know, I'm getting emotional. I don't think I've ever talked about this relationship, but um, I felt like this level of like closeness that I was like, this is what I'm missing, you know? Because God knows it's fucking the worst to date a cisgendered straight man. It's like having a conversation with a plate of cheese. Um... And I just felt so deeply like, oh, this is like what I'm missing. It's like somebody that like understands me in this way. Um. And the sex was the best sex ever. <sighs> I don't know. I get I'm getting like really emotional, and I'm like, I want to understand why before I like <laughs> talk about this. And, you know, ultimately there was just like a personality misalignment and i think a part of the reason why we broke up was because they were struggling you know with some mental health stuff not issues but just mental health stuff and i i was just like fresh out of my divorce after 10 years of being married and but i but there was all these things that i felt that i was just like oh like this is this is what this is what it should feel like but um after that relationship i would never had another serious relationship with someone other than a straight cisgendered man again so i i went back to the plate of cheese and i was like I, this is this works i guess and i don't i'm not exactly sure why i think there is this I don't know what it is. It's like this fear that I guess it's like the same fear that I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it right, which is so fucking stupid, you know. Um, But it's like something that I felt I was like, now I'm too scared to do this. And like, I like can't um, or not too scared to do this. I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. But in that relationship, I just felt like I could, you know, I felt great. I could be with this person forever. I, everything like, just like sort of made sense. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you after my divorce, every time I've gotten in a relationship, I've had that level of like the psycho commitment. I don't know. I just feel like after my divorce, every relationship I, enter I enter it very authentically and I have never really felt these levels of connecting with people in all of my life so I feel like something happened to me after my divorce where I was like I'm never gonna settle I'm never gonna be with somebody that I don't fully love and each relationship has been full of like a very deep passionate love even with the fucking straight cisgendered men, man, like it's been, you know, it's been my complete and total self that I'm like investing in these relationships, which I was not doing before, you know, I was married. And I think during my marriage, cause I like was too scared to be authentic and real. And you know, now I am. Um, do, and then I guess the other relationships that i had with people who were not you know straight cisgendered men how many fucking times am i gonna say that this episode my god there were multiple casual relationships there were multiple like uh sexual relationships and i feel like some relationships that were very very casual with like cisgendered women that i felt like we were both in this stage together like we had both sort of like we were very like new to this activation and and that was interesting because then i was like i feel like i i know more about this than you like (laughs) classic what's it called you know like when you like learn you go bowling one time and then you go with someone that's n- never been bowling and you're like let me show you this is called a, a this is called a, a strike or some whatever i don't even know bowling terms and they're like wow you're great at this and i'm like yeah i've done it once before <laughs> like <laughs> um but uh i guess those are all very interesting i don't know i feel very uh so that that that's I guess my like story like the history of how that came about I had one very serious relationship that I was like this is like the one also you know probably just really bad timing it was I think four months after I got divorced that I entered into this relationship it was never gonna work okay cards were stacked against us uh so yeah one serious relationship that lasted uh a bit and then uh a few a handful of casual relationships that were like dating and a a handful of uh just sex relationships that is the story oh um i guess the comment that the person left on the instagram sorry i'm like i feel like i just started recording this without thinking what i was gonna say and then now I'm like also pulling up all these repressed emotions that I just did not want to deal with ever. And and the emotions are kicking my ass. And now I'm trying to be like, what am I talking about? I'm sad. <laughs> um, oh, I, I guess the comment was asking specifically what that felt like to come to to activate the queerness later on in life. You know, I was 33. Uh, I, I'm going to say this like I said up top, the reason I'm using the word activate is that I knew, I always knew, right? We all do. But there was so much active repression, internalized homophobia, pushing it down, being like, like don't. And it, honestly, this is going to sound so fucked up, but I'm saying it because, you know, I always like to say fucked up shit because I want people, if they feel the same way, to know that they're not alone. This is going to be really fucked up. But I would I think I don't even know what this is. Oh, my God. Hold on to your fucking seats. I think whenever I felt this attraction to somebody that wasn't like a cis male, straight, whatever, um, the boys, right? (laughs) I would feel sort of nauseous, which is that is definitely some fucking Christian church, uh, fucking—I don't even know what that is. That is some conditioning. That is some actual internalized homophobia that we're to the to a certain point where that seems dangerous and scary. Um, and I have, you know, I would like get nauseous at my own physical attraction. I don't know where the fuck. Who the fuck taught me that? But uh, I'm glad I got over it because sex is better than any other sex. <laughs> like I said, uh, it just seems to make more sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I think, you know, having uh, vulva on vulva sex, I don't <laughs> <laughs> don't that I'm going to copyright that I, I invented that vulva on vulva sex is um, you know, not to reduce everyone down to their genitals, but it just seems to work for me in a way that feels, uh, that feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Again, not to reduce everyone down to their genitals. It just I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, right? I I like penises too. I don't I they are everything's great. All sex is good. I'm you know, I'm pansexual, literally. Whatever whatever we got, we're going to we're going to make it happen. That's that's my saying. Um I'm just kidding. I've never said that. <laughs> Why am I acting like that? that's that's my motto? People know me for saying, whatever we got, we're going to make it work. Um is this what was I even talking about? I'm I'm I have not processed this to the extent where I should be talking publicly about it. Oh, another you know, I'll I'll say this. Another reason that I'm so uncomfortable talking about my queer identity in depth, I think, is that I also am kinda scared that I'm wanna fucking say something offensive. You know? It is really it's scary. It's um you know, obviously I'm not meaning any harm, but just like me saying things like talking about people's like vulvas and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't want people to be harmed by anything that I say unknowingly. You know what? That's that's my story about my journey, but I'm going to talk about something that's actually heavily related. And I was discussing with my very good friend, Tan Sopa, the other day. I This is something I noticed, just being in the queer community, having friends and being part like sort of part of like groups that are kind of close knit sometimes, you know, amongst the, in the queer community. I want to say something about this and I don't know, I'm sure, you know, within queer communities, this is a discussion that people are obviously are having, but there is something very specific that I think happens a lot. And I've seen it happen, you know, in real uh, firsthand that the queer communities, I feel like inherently are just very safe, soft feeling places. It's like, it's, you know, I think people work very hard on making sure that everyone in the communities, because, you know, most queer people have had these very difficult lives where they had to struggle with this identity, you know, among gen pop, among their families, among their communities growing up, where, you know, most of us grew up in places that are not friendly to this identity that the queer communities that we form now everyone's very uh, careful to make it safe and comfortable and soft but unfortunately you know queer people are human beings we're all people and there is no community on this planet no matter what kind of community it is you know Rug makers in Madison, Wisconsin, firemen on Staten Island, the bowling club where everyone's only been bowling one time, but they act like they know everything. Whatever community you, you look at in this world, there's gonna be people that suck in it and they're gonna pe- be people that are harming each other and there's gonna be, uh, drama and, you know, and it's not like just cause queer people are queer and gentle and and careful to be soft with each other that that's not gonna happen right like and I'm not I don't think anyone thinks that either but there's this one specific thing that I think happens is like these communities are so soft and open and understanding and care caring that sometimes I think it breeds it's sometimes they're breeding grounds for like narcissists. do you know what I'm saying and that's let's be honest everywhere is a breeding ground for a narcissist like the rug making community of Madison, Wisconsin. But like, I think sometimes I don't think it's like more frequent in queer communities that there's like this raging narcissist taking the reins. I think that happens, you know, everywhere. Like I said, but I think in the queer communities, there's this, this, uh, enabling of it or this excuse of it because you know, where we're, everyone's trying to be soft and open and understanding. And I'm like, this is a fucking narcissist. Is everybody on the same page here? This person's just doing whatever they want. And you know what, I'm going to say this, you're going to hate it. It's usually a white person that's rich, they're, they're cosplaying as poor. I'm like, this is everybody seeing that this like rich person is now centering themselves and this this person sucks, and they're really causing harm to everybody. Yeah, like that. I just wanted to say that. And again, I'm not saying that that happens way more in queer communities, because it absolutely does not. It happens in fucking US politics way more, I would say. <laughs> or, you know, obviously, there's like narcissists, like you fucking walk out the door, there's 15 of them, you know, I live in a building with an art gallery. So every day I walk into seeing 15 narcissists talking about moving their sculptures around. So you know, they're everywhere. But like, I feel like in the queer community, there's like a blind eye sort of that's turned to it a lot of times because people are so accepting and they really want to be understanding of each other and, commu- and create a place that's soft. But you know what? You gotta, you gotta call a spade a spade. When you see, when you see a narcissist, we can all be like, that person's a narcissist. Why are, why are we letting them control bowling night? Why are they, you know, why are, why do they get to put their, shit on everything and put their names on stuff why are why is a bowling lead named after them you know what i mean i think we can just say we don't have to be mean about it but we can just point it out do you know what i'm saying am i am i sounding like i just feel like there's like this enabling behavior not not that's inherent in queer people but it's just like because we are trying to create this place that's so welcoming do you know what i mean you gotta we gotta stand up for we gotta stand up for what's right every once in a while right is that is that i hope that was like very specific of i'm not talking about a specific person by the way i've seen this a handful of times a handful and i'm like wait this this person sucks. Are we all on the same, same page? No. Okay. I guess this is weird. Um, anyway, um, and, and here, here's the end of that conversation. Cause I feel like it's getting too like vague. The end of that conversation is then I see these people in, in these queer communities that are so soft and loving and are open-minded and are doing all this work to be careful and inclusive and help everybody get fucking really hurt by these other people who just do not think the way that they do and they're using those tools you know of community and and inclusion and understanding to gain this like power you know among people and like fuck with people and i see a lot of people getting hurt by that right i don't know i don't we got to stand up for ourselves is what i'm saying <laughs> sometimes it 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 be your own people is what i'm saying <laughs> if you if i feel like i feel like i've had a lot of this conversation with people with my friends that are queer and like people directly affected by these sort of people and so i th- i think most of most of you will understand what i'm trying to say um i know it got a little rambly jambly this is an emotional topic for me um, so I guess that's like my answer to that comment. You know, I did, um, it took me a long time to be brave enough to explore it. Um, but, oh, uh, I guess I'll leave you with this, this positive thing, because I'm, I'm grappling with so much negative thoughts, you know, judging myself for how, for how I'm viewing my, um, sexual what's it called? Identity? Uh, whatever. Orientation? Why does that sound like such a 1995 phrase? Do people say sexual orientation anymore? I don't know. Um, you know, I've been really hard on myself judging myself um, about all this. But a positive note that I'll end with is that when I was in this uh, serious relationship, you know, my first queer serious relationship, I felt really, really uh, proud And I felt really proud. Sorry, I'm catching myself. I don't want to cry. I felt proud. And I just wanted, like, everybody to know. And I was, like, proud of my partner. And it felt really good. Like, I felt like I'm so happy that, like, this is happening. Um... And the reason i say that is because like yeah maybe i do have a lot of like self-hatred involving this but you know it was very clear to me that it wasn't extended to the other person and you know obviously any other queer people (laughs) um i just felt like really proud and happy that i had like you know i was in this relationship And I don't want anybody to feel like, uh, you know, like I always say, I'm going to, you should love yourself, not me. I'm, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to keep hating myself, but you should like love yourself. Um, today's July 1st. I'm recording this. It's the first day after pride, but happy belated pride everybody. And I'm, you know, if you, any of the feelings that I shared today, if you're going through them. I'm really trying not to cry. This is fucking. I just put my eye makeup on. If you're going through any of the things, the feelings that I'm, I talked about today, it's okay, you know? We weren't, we weren't born like hating ourselves and it was, you know, obviously taught to me and I have to deal with that. And, you know, hopefully, you will stop hating yourself. <laughs> Not me, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm trying really hard. I, I mean, because I can't hate myself for this. Like that's actual homophobia. If I hate myself for being fucking queer, right? I have to stop. I don't know how I'm I'm. I'm working on it, you know, baby steps. Um. But I, I really hope, you know, if you feel anything that I discussed today, I really hope that you yourself can activate your queer Nintendo that you pull out of the closet and blow, blow on it so it works. Um, and I hope, you know, I hope for all of, I, I guess I'll throw myself in there too. I hope for all of us, we, we're proud of our identities. And, you know, I hope, um, again, I have the privilege of not having to wear that, you know, on my sleeve every time I walk out the apartment and run into all the narcissists downstairs. But I know most, most queer people don't have that privilege. And I, so I hope that um, this world like becomes better for us. I know it's like really fucking turning really bad really quickly right now. And it's like a scary time. Um, but I hope the world changes. I-, I don't know why. I felt like it was going great for a minute and now it's back worse than ever with this hateful homophobia. Um I hope it changes. But I'm also gonna say, you know, if you are somebody like me that can disguise it in public, I wouldn't feel guilty because it is a scary time now. And it's like not, we don't have to be strong and fight all the time, you know? And to the people who obviously don't feel like they can disguise it or, you know, it's hard for them to disguise it. I'm like so sorry that it's getting bad. And um, I just want you to know that, you know, I'm there with you and this was me showing up right showing up for the community that I'm a part of I'm not gonna um hide it because I I don't know what what other weird thoughts are going on in my head and I hope that moving forward um it feels like that like you people feel my support because you know we all deserve it we all deserve to feel supported and loved in our communities except for the narcissist. Okay. <laughs> that was my episode. I actually planned on um, starting interviews. I think I have one ready next week. We're going to switch to more of a topical discussion. I know that somebody actually left another comment and I couldn't find it quick enough. I will get to that. It was it was one that I could answer really quickly, but I will get to that next week. I'm sorry if you're the person that left the comment on the Instagram. I, I can't find it. I will though. <laughs> and i will get to answering it thank you so much for listening again if you want to subscribe to the patreon or donate you can at patreon.com slash harry butthole podcast or harry butthole and then the instagram is harry butthole podcast you can leave a comment or follow my instagram is why mayor and my tiktok is young me